Hey everybody, welcome to this tiny episode from The Wonder Soul Show. This is a bunch of highlight reels from my favorite episodes and a new fresh nine minute segment from Stefano Safandos and myself. And if you're a returning listener, please rate and review the show on whatever platform you're watching it on. It really helps other people find the show. And if you leave a review on like Apple Podcasts, I get to read it and see what you love. And if you guys have any questions, comments, or guests you'd like featured, you can always put them in touch with me at support at wondersoul.com. So without any further ado, let's get into the episode. You know, when you think of the big picture, you know, what's the meaning of life? What's my purpose? I think having it very simple like that, uh, it's just to be happier to live is really good. But it's also nice to have goals and things you're working on kind of as if you're not taking them too seriously. <laughs> and so for me, mm-hmm. what that looks like is the planet right now, the time frame we live in it, we're going through a big change. We're changing from a kind of the way things have been, or like an older energy into a new energy where things are moving a little bit faster. There's not so much rigidity. There's not so much uh, kind of scarcity. We're moving into a space of more abundance. And this transition is taking a, quite a number of years. But it's the big curve that we're going through in my lifetime. It's the big change that we're making on the planet. So my goal in that bigger sense is that I want to help that be as smooth as possible. Because change can be really difficult and challenging and painful. Um, Or change can be beautiful and exciting and full of joy. I used to work in Hollywood and I would read screenplays and I read a line somewhere that said like the person you're supposed to fall in love with is the person you're, you can go shopping, you can go grocery store shopping with and have a good time because that's really what life is. Life is not the trip to Hawaii or like the super exciting, amazing thing that you do every now and then. Yeah, more often than that, life is the stuff that is just the day to day of life. And if you have someone that you're able to do that with and it goes quickly, it's joyful, it's fun, then that's a big green flag for me. Whatever you see in me is a reflection of what's inside of you, first and foremost. I want to tell you all out there, if you're like, oh my God, he's so inspired, I dare you to give yourself that same thing. If you spot it, you got it. Right now is the only moment we have. And so there are times my husband will ask me to dance and I'm putting away dishes and I fight to put away the dishes because that's what, what I think should get done so I can check it off the list. And through time, I just realized I'm not going to remember the dishes being put away. I am going to remember this dance with my husband. I'm not going to remember how much laundry there was. I'm going to remember watching Soul Crawl for the first time. When I look back at this lifetime, all the pictures that we take, like in that photo, I want to go back to that feeling. I remember how, oh my gosh, do you remember how much fun we were having? How free we were, how exciting that was, how much la- how much we were laughing. And so that's why it's so crucial for Garen and I, I feel like, to get through the small stuff because it's all so small. I understood something about the mind, which is forever fascinating me, and that is that the mind loves what is familiar and really doesn't like what is unfamiliar and furthermore wants to run to what's familiar while running away from what is unfamiliar. So I'd seen that with my clients for years and I had to think, okay, let's apply that to me. I like unavailable men because that's familiar. And I'd say, oh, they're boring, they're so keen or... 
they're too much for me, but what I was actually saying is their niceness and availability is unfamiliar to me, so I'm going to run back to what I know. And then I just thought, so I just got to change it. And it starts by saying, I am making this behavior unfamiliar. I'm going to make the unfamiliar. Never add, if it kills me, if it's the last thing I'll do, I'm going to make this unfamiliar. And a couple of weeks later, I was on a television show, and I was in the green room, which is like the, the hospitality room, and this very compelling man came up, and he was really interesting. And I thought, no, that's my dad. And I just got my coat and went home, and I was so pleased that I'd recognized the pattern, understood the pattern, stopped the pattern. I thought, I'm not going to date someone like him ever again. It didn't take long for that to change. Then I met my husband, who was not my type at all. But I was married to him in 10 months, and he's exactly what I needed. He makes me his absolute priority, always puts me first. I tell people all the time, how oh, you got a big dream? Expect challenges, but how you can make it easier I just say, thank you, coach. Thank you for making me better. Thank you for making me wiser. Thank you for making me stronger. And by welcoming challenges with thank you, you overcome them 10 times more, 10 times faster, 10 times greater. And I, I play these little hack games and tricks with my mind, which allows me to be in the game of life and be coached along the process. A lot of times people get confused with intuition. Most people think that it's a question when they receive it rather than an answer. So for example, today I am walking through the, the bathroom and I happen to, my eyes happen to glance over and I saw this little uh, vitamin that I take sometimes. And right away my mind said, oh, should I take that because I saw it? But I know that this wasn't a question. The reason my eyes flicked over and saw it was today's a good day to take. So you just open it, you know, take one and just move on doesn't really require that mental part. That's the part that gets in the way of going in easy direction and also in the way of just making those happy memories and kind of living uh, our life in a joyful way rather than um, you know, a stressful. It's, it's funny, it's like in a thoughtful way rather than a thinking way, maybe is a good way to say it. The fairy tale is a choice, it's a state, it's a frequency, it's a vibration. And the fairy tale is something that gets cultivated in you and simultaneously downloaded through you directly from source, connection, God, the universe. And living into your fairy tale is really about being bold enough and brave enough to look deeply within yourself and see these parts of you that are not in resonance with this fairy tale. And being bold enough and brave enough to clear them out, shift them, alchemize them, recalibrate them, to allow yourself to return back to the state of who you are, your natural state, your frequency of abundance, your frequency of expansion, the frequency of the purity of your soul and the frequency of your own fairy tale. Because this fairy tale is ultimately your expression of you, your expression of your soul, your expression of the best life ever that you get to actually live. And that's never going to come from outside of you. That comes from this deep inner inquiry and allowing yourself to expand your capacity to receive. And from this place, showing up in the world, walking, talking, thinking, acting, choosing to be from this place. Because we don't get in life what we do, but we do get in life who we choose to be. So choose to be that fairy tale. I'm enough. I'm enough just, I don't have to be or do or buy or own or get to be enough. I'm enough now. And its strength is in its simplicity and its honesty because you are enough. What defines you is not the number on the scales or the number on your bank account or the number of followers you have. And yet we think that does define us. But when you can get back to, hey, I am enough just the way I am, 
then life changes powerfully because you start to look for what's good about you, not what's wrong about you. The universe doesn't give you what you want. The universe gives you who you are. And so rather than focus on the future, rather than focus on you know, this beautiful new home that you want, or rather than focus on this new book that you want to get out, I actually stop thinking about my future in terms of goals. And in the morning when I meditate, I'm not visualizing myself on the New York Times bestseller list, but I'm repeating this question in my mind, and I call it a lofty question. It's not an affirmation. Rather, it is a question that gets your mind to expand, to answer the question. And the question might be, why am I able to inspire people with my stories and lessons? Why is my body so healthy and fit? Why do I have so many amazing friends? It's a combination of gratitude. It's also a request to the universe on what you want to bring into your life. And that is the secret. But it's all identity statements. It's not goals that you set for an external validation. Because if you chase that, you're always going to be trying to get to the next goal and the next goal and the next goal. I mean, it's like trying to chase the horizon. The closer you get, the further it goes away from you. Dating in 2022, absolutely insane. So I'm very familiar with what red flags are mm. in relationship. Mm. Uh, really poor relationship with their father and has not healed it and actively uh, talks about him not being a good person and mm. their relationship being bad. Red flag. Mm. Uh, talks about past relationships only negatively, extremely negatively. Red flag. Not a lot of friends and mm. or they talk negatively about their friends or their friends talk negatively about them and or they do not want you to meet their friends. Super red flag, right? Green. Those are all maybe even black flags. Like that's just an immediate like stop, right? What are green flags? Yeah. And the, the, the great thing about everything you just shared then was all we need to look, do is look at the antithesis of those three things that you mentioned as a starting point, right? But also, um, and we'll go a little deeper, but lay a willingness to that because if we're unwilling to look at our stuff, if we're, if we're unwilling to really face that relationship with our father or our mother or whatever it may be that, that is holding us back and is impacting us in, in resentful ways or withdrawn ways or attracted ways, that willingness plays a really big big role. And that's, that's the red flag for me, right? But when we look at the friendships, like well, a green flag is someone that has diverse friendships and close friendships in their lives, people that they can rely on, they've had for many years, right? But they, they're not a loner, so to speak. They're not isolated by themselves in the world. Um, someone that has either a healthy relationship with their parents or has had a really tough time with their parents, is aware of it and has healed it and or is healing it and has just has an awareness and a willingness around that, right? The other part that you mentioned around talking very negatively around past relationships. That to me, why it's a red flag is because that person doesn't seem to be taking ownership and responsibility for their role in that relationship. They're projecting and they're blaming. That tells a lot about that individual. And so if they can speak in greater equanimity about their past relationships, it shows and demonstrates a maturity. It shows that they're willing to take responsibility for their role and their contribution and what they've learned from that relationship so that they've grown so they're not stagnant and still repeating the same patterns over and over again. Beautiful. That's going to be a phenomenal 60-seconder. Um, there's another one that just came up in that. Okay. There's this whole idea of investing in potential or seeing potential in a partner, right? And I just interviewed Christine. 
And she talked about the reverse of what we talked about in your episode, where she talks about when she met you and how she was making so much more. And a lot of people would say, okay, that's like investing in potential or seeing potential. And a lot of people would say that that's a red flag in itself is that, okay, this person is not where I would like them to be in the beginning of a relationship. Mm. I feel like if you set your relationship standard to they must be at an equal or greater Mm. level to me in so many different categories, then it's good luck, right? Good luck finding that person. Becomes tougher. How do you go about determining that whole thing? Like in seeing potential. So Christine's explanation was she saw your work ethic. She saw your willingness. Mm. And she saw that when you did get opportunity, and, and she also noticed that in your past, you had never had like real support, real encouragement, and like loving challenge. Mm. You had only had like really people tearing you down and or not supporting and or actively trying to, to sabotage things, yeah. right? And then that's why she was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in this. But what would be your rule of thumb? And if you were to make that a whole statement in itself without my question... What would be your rule of thumb for the difference between investing in potential in a bad way and investing in potential in a good way? Yeah. So in intimate relating, there's two ways to see potential, right? So you can see someone's potential and say, oh, I love that. They've got potential. But if they're not taking action in the present moment, if they're not substantiating what they say they can do, want to do, desire, dream to do, and they're simply stuck in a reoccurring pattern of, I don't know where to go with this, but I have big dreams and big visions, chances are they're not choosing to help themselves and they're not able to help themselves. If you see someone that isn't quite where they want to be and maybe not where you would want them to be in terms of what your relationship parameters are, but you see them taking actions, micro steps, macro steps, whatever it may be, you see that they are willing, you see that they're an active participant in their life and you see that when a block comes up, they're actively working through it. Again, they take ownership, they're they're in humility, they want to move through that pain point, they want to address their fears, they're actively seeking support, they're humble enough to ask for support and, and help in the areas of life that they're struggling in, that is a really healthy sign. From that place, we can grow together. But if people remain stuck and are unwilling to want to change and do what they say they want, that's that's tough, man. Really tough. It smells so good. Yeah, that's so weird. Tell you, man, it reminds me of, um, I mean, it smells very fragrant. It's really more at the front of the mic. <laughs> it is. I, I, I get I'm smelling what you're smelling. Yeah, yeah so, great. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. When you work with your clients, do you use human design? A little bit, not much. Uh, I love it. Uh, I think what I'm going to do, I'm actually falling in more, more and more in love with it. So I'm going to um, study it a little more and just incorporate it in, in my um Are there yeah, any types people. of assessments that you use like across the board with every client? Um, like any pre-work that you have to yeah, do? Yeah, I like the... Um, the erotic blueprint. I um, oh yes. Yeah. Okay, let's dig. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> tell me why, in a full statement, why you use the erotic blueprint with clients. So, firstly, with any personality testing or any assessment that measures or observes a part of your expression, I, I not that I take it for, with with a grain of salt, but I use it as a guide and a guide only, an indication and a support mechanism. One of the reasons why I use the the erotic blueprint is because. There are a few out there on sexual archetypes and you know it's not spoken to a great deal and when someone can actually see oh this this actually matches what my desires are they feel less isolated and less shame and when we're in that place we're creating spaciousness and we're creating an opportunity to heal and an opportunity to actually explore with curiosity 
Sex is one of those taboo topics, unfortunately, in the world today, but it's also a very vital part of who we are as human beings and who we are as spiritual beings, you know, the, the entirety of the human uh, experience. So that's why I enjoy using that, and, and it can be quite revealing and, and really quite healthy for an individual to connect to that part of themselves. And when we talk about quizzes in general, right, mm. these types of things, what I just heard you say, which is incredible to me, is like, yes, these quizzes are super valuable if they're taken just as one perspective, mm. one tool. It doesn't define who you are. Mm. I think of people more as a Rubik's Cube mm. than being in a box where there's mm. just a lot of moving components and you're always sort of shifting them and mm. it's always changing subtly. Like the whole picture of you is always changing, mm. but maybe some of the foundational parts stay pretty consistent through life. And when we're all young right when we're all teenagers and and maybe into our 20s hopefully not past our 20s but teenagers and 20s we're like gosh i'm so different than everybody else and when you start to take these quizzes and you see like oh something like the erotic blueprint like oh i'm an energetic or a sensual but this is pretty much exactly defining how i operate in relationship that's fascinating there must be more people like me sure and it gives you that very visceral like oh 20 percent of all humans are just like me in this way i'm definitely not alone i'm definitely not different mm. there's a lot of people like me is that what you're saying part of it yeah absolutely yeah. so it's, it is that sense of now i don't feel alone and isolated and i have a guide like i have a north star i don't think i don't believe in our human experience is one north star i think we have many north stars at different times of our lives right and so when we take these assessments some are more simple some are more comprehensive simple doesn't mean that they're less advanced or, or less beneficial um it's just the way that they're they're constructed right i have two assessments myself that i've created which i think are great but they're not the be all and end all it's just an indication it's just to, it's just to support you it's to pique curiosity and to ask you to explore deeper into that part of yourself and so when we when we do these assessments with the intention of wanting to learn more about who we are, that's when we benefit. When we do them expecting these assessments to save us and to be the answer for our healing or the answer for our problems, that becomes problematic. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please rate and review the show on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. It really helps me understand what you love so I can do even more of it.